imagine victorious when facing an impossible situation. Imagine victorious when facing an impossible situation. Amen. Now, let me quickly refresh your mind before I move to the next um, teaching. Let me refresh your mind about what we have said. We use the case study of Joshua and the people of Israel at the wall of Jericho. You remember that? And we say that God promised the people of Israel to give them, or God have assured them of the wall of Jericho and the people of Jericho. They are mighty men. They are kings, as we see in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. But Jericho was still standing. And Jericho became impossible for the people of Israel to defeat. I explained that. And I said that God gave the people of Israel and Joshua instruction, clear instruction of what to do to pull down the wall of Jericho. And the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 uh, verse, chapter 11 verse 30 the, that scripture tells us it, it, it summarizes what's actually pulled down the wall of Jericho. That scripture says that faith pulled down Jericho's wall. Faith pulled down Jericho's wall after the people marched around them for seven days. I said that and I explained all of that to us, isn't it? Praise God. Then I went ahead to say, what sort of faith is it? That pulled down the wall of Jericho. Yes, the New Testament told us that it was faith. The Old Testament didn't tell us that. Old Testament said that God gave them instruction to move around the wall of Jericho for six days, and the seventh day they move around seven times. Amen. Yes, because I've, maybe I've said this before, and I want to repeat it again. I wonder why, you know, God usually use seven, 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 seven. Amen. If you study, when we did the study of the book of Daniel, when we we're doing the end times and event that we unfold, the Bible talk about seven times, seven times, you know, and several places in the Bible, Elijah told Naaman to go and bathe seven times, you know, and several places in the Bible, seven, seven, seven. Amen. The reason why God liked to use seven is the fact that seven represent completeness. Seven represent completeness. Amen. If you remember in the, in the, in the book of the beginning, when, Bible, when God creates the heavens and the heart, the Bible says on the seventh day he rested. So it was on the seventh day that he completed all his assignment of the creation of the of the creation of the heart 
and humanity in the inside of it. Amen. So, seven serve as a completion. You know, it's a complete work of God. Amen. So, he said on the seventh day, he said, move around seven days. And that seventh day, move around seven times with a shout. With a shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we understand that from the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it was demystified. We have the revelation. In the Old Testament, it was a mystery. You know that. So the revelation says that it's all those marching, all those shouting, all those uh, uh, exercise that was carried out at the wall of Jericho, he said it was enveloped in one thing, says feet. So, what we are saying invariably is this. If you must overcome those impossible situations, you need faith. You need faith. Amen. And I went on to say, okay, if faith is what is needed to overcome those impossible challenges, to attain victory in those challenges that we are facing that are confronting us on a daily basis, most especially those ones that have become adamant, that does not want to let us go, that have become a stronghold. It says, we need faith. Hallelujah. Then what sort of faith do we need? Now I begin to say that number one, we need faith in spite of long odds. You remember I said that? Okay. And I call that rugged faith or absolute faith. Absolute faith. Total faith in God. Amen. Then number two, I say that faith that follow a very strange plan. You remember I said that? Faith that followed a very strange plan. In other words, God gave them the plan. Amen. It was, it was an arrangement between Joshua and God. God gave Joshua the plan. Amen. He says, well, this is the way how you are going to do it. Hallelujah. And Joshua followed the plan of God to the latter. Can you see that? So, when God gives plan and you follow it, you get desired result. Amen. Not even your own result. You get the result, the desired result of God. Amen. Because most of the time we think that our own result is the best. No. What matters most? Your result don't matter most. What you get don't matter. If you say 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. And God says, well, in my own calculation, 2 plus 2 is equal to 2. Amen. It doesn't matter. Your sense knowledge does not matter in this case. God says it is equal to. And it is true. Amen. In the formula of marriage, God says, well, one plus one is equal to one, isn't it? But in human calculation, with our mind, we say that one plus one is equal to two, mathematically. Amen. Mathematically. In mathematics, if you say one plus one equal to one, then the mathematician will say, prove it. They will say, prove it. Amen. But in the case of God, 
in the spiritual, when God says one plus one is equal to one, you don't need to start worrying yourself about how does it come to be. You don't need to worry yourself about how it happened. Because the one who called each one, he understand the logic. He understand mathematics. As a matter of fact, he created mathematics. He created logic. The one who teaches you one plus one is equal to, he created him. So you don't need to question him. You don't need to doubt his word. Amen. So when he had plan with Joshua, Joshua did not query him. Joshua acted based on his result. He told Joshua, he said, marching plus shouting plus plus trumpet blowing is equal to the downfall of the wall of Jericho. Is equal to defeat of the wall of Jericho. Amen. That was what God told Joshua. And Joshua says, yes, sir. Openly speaking, Joshua might say, well, I told you two, two Sundays ago that faith, faith is not always the absence of disbelief or doubt. But in all, you go on the path of faith. You go on the path of belief. Of course, maybe Joshua also look at it that well. What kind of strategy is this? What kind of military you know, weapon is this? We are going into in the territory of the enemies to confront soldiers. Soldiers with sophisticated weapons. Soldiers with guns. Soldiers with atomic bombs. And this God is saying, we should begin to march around the wall of Jericho. Marching, singing, and shouting. Oh God, how does it marry? It does not add up in any way. It does not make any spirit, any human sense. Amen. But it makes spiritual sense. Hallelujah. It makes spiritual sense. So, Joshua did not worry about the results of God's plan. He only agreed with his plan. Well, he said we should march. And that's it. When he told Peter to launch the net to the right, it was a good plan of God. See, he is the master planner. He is the master planner. You don't query the master planner when he's making plan for you. Amen. He's a considerate God. He's a God that says, come, let us reason together. Amen. If not, hello, it doesn't cost God anything. It costs him nothing to just go to the wall of Jericho by himself and blow it. Because the bricks that were used to, 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 to mount that wall was created by him. So it doesn't cost him nothing. It cost him nothing to go there and blow the wall and the wall come down. It cost him nothing to say all the people of Jericho, oh yeah, die. And they all die. And the people 
of Israel were marching into their territory and possess their possession. Is it, is it not possible for God to do that? Amen. But God wants our involvement. God wants our inclusion. Amen. God wants our, our action. Any faith that is not make you responsible, it is a useless faith. You know what I said? Any faith that doesn't make you responsible, it's a useless faith. Faith is not the absence of action. Amen. Faith and action is what brings about result. Hallelujah. So our faith must be passive, must be active, not passive. Are you hearing me now? We must be deliberate about God's instructions. We must be deliberate about the plan and the purpose of God. We must follow it the latter. What is God saying in the midst of this impossible situation? What is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? Has he said anything? What is the strategy? I remember that day when we were praying for that brother who ran mad, you know, overnight. And we were just there, you know, exerting our energies, spiritual energies. We were praying, we were, you know, doing all sorts of things within our spiritual knowledge. And God says, come on, man, you better calm down and listen to me. Yes. Oh, glory be to God. God's word is the final. Let us cross to the other side. That was the final word. I am giving you Jericho. That is the final word. At the beginning of the battle, he will give you one word. At the beginning of my sickness, he gave me one word. He says, whatever you allow on heart will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on heart is disallowed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. That was the first word he gave me. And that's the final word. It doesn't matter what happened from that time till the time when the final, eternal word will manifest. You don't get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Amen. So, his word is this. I have healed you. Amen. By my stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. That is the final word. That is the word of the Lord for you. You know, and it doesn't matter what you are passing through thereafter. Amen. It doesn't matter. You just stand on the word and hold on to it. Bam. You get what I'm saying now? His word for Joshua is I have given you Jericho. I have given you Jericho. Hello? That situation that looks impossible. The Lord is saying this morning, I have given you a solution. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. He says it. You believe it. That settles it. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And when we got to the house of that brother that day, I stood waiting for God's instruction. Waiting for the plan of God. It says, he will be fine. That was the first word that I said. 
as I got there for about three, four, five minutes, I stood. I was just listening to what God is going to say. If God says nothing will happen, then our effort will be useless. It will be effort in futility. You get what I'm saying? It will be effort in futility. But God says, he's going to be fine. Oh, yes. He says he's going to be fine. Maybe around 6, 6.30 a.m. in the morning. But by 2 p.m., we were still there. You get what I'm saying? We were still there praying. By 2 p.m., we were still there. That God says, he's going to be fine. By that afternoon, God says, son, you better listen to plan. Let us plan now. When we plan, our arithmetic is going to be spiritual arithmetic. It's going to be my plan given to you and you agree with it. You hear what I said? It is my plan. I release it to you. You agree with it. And he told me, he said, son, begin to laugh. Ah. I said, wow. You know, when God gives plan, most of the times, it doesn't make human sense. It doesn't make human sense. Your sensual ability don't comprehend the plan of God. It says, begin to laugh. Hello, how can laughter heal insanity? Can you explain to me? If you tell a medical doctor or a psychiatric doctor that laughter will heal insanity, that psychiatric doctor will arrange bed for you in his hospital and begin to give you psychiatric treatment because it is abnormal to say that laughter will heal insanity. It is abnormal. And when God told Joshua, he says marching, he says shouting, he says blowing of trumpets, we fall down the wall of Jericho. It wasn't making sense to Joshua. Joshua was like, this is absolutely out of sense. And when something is out of sense, it means that it is nonsense. But it can be nonsense to your sense. But it is useful. It makes sense in the spiritual and the march around and the wall of the Hallelujah. Listen to me. And we began to laugh. I have witness in the house to what I'm saying. People that knows about the story very well. This is not a joking matter. This is not a matter cooked to excite you. No. When God is involved, it doesn't make human sense. Anything that makes human sense to you, it is not God that is doing it. It is you that is doing it. It is your effort. It is your ability. It is not the ability of God. Hallelujah. Somebody praise God. And in the afternoon, when we follow the plan of God, and we say, La and we are touching ourselves. Love the devil. At the face of insanity, somebody that was a, a, a full, full-fledged man, full-fledged man, married man with kids. Hallelujah. 
taller than myself. If I'm talking to him, I will look up. I must look up. I must look up. And he was displaying madness. I want to go to Ikorodu. Ikorodu, Ikorodu. I want to go to Ikorodu. Hallelujah. What is happening in Ikorodu? He wants to go and display insanity there. But God says, no way. It is not time for you to do that. You won't even do that forever. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Whatever it is that is a challenge that might be facing you today, I am announcing to you that there is a solution coming your way. If you believe what I'm saying, let that amen be sounding. God is giving you a plan out of that financial obstacle because I know that we need that financial breakthrough here. Amen. I know. But listen to me. God is giving us a plan in the mighty name of Jesus. When Peter will come out of that frustration, because the Bible says he toyed all night and there was no touch at all. Nothing was. Ah, that can be frustrating. That can be wickedness of the devil. Hallelujah. Every effort that has been in futility from before now, I pray as God lives and his spirit abide forever, you begin to receive reward. I say receive reward. I say receive reward in the mighty name of Jesus. Imagine victorious in the face of impossible situation. There is no situation or circumstance that God cannot disgrace. You know what I say? Academic failure is there to disgrace it. Financial failure, God is capable of disgracing it. Marital failure, God is there to disgrace it. Mental failure, psychological failure, whatever it is, relational failure, amen, God is there to embarrass and disgrace it. Listen to me, whatever it is that is staring at you at the face, bringing shame and embarrassment and ridicule to you, God embarrass them in the name of Jesus. God put them to shame in the name of Jesus. Maka brakato supraya. In the realm of the spirit, I receive my treasure. One devil appeared and he want to collect my treasure. I fight in the physical, I fight in the spiritual. Hallelujah. I said, I am so, I am so. What? What? I've been praying. I've been believing. I've been trusting. And at this last time, you want to come and take what belongs to me. Is it yours? Is it yours? Is it yours? Do you, do, answer me, church. Do devil create anything? Is he a creator? What he doesn't create? He didn't have the authority to take it. Whatever it is that he doesn't create, he doesn't have authority to create it, to take it. He doesn't create you. He can't take you. 
It doesn't cre- it create nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it can't take nothing from you. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Out of ignorance. Out of ignorance. You know, somehow, somehow, unknowingly, when you were ignorant, or when you sleep, say when men slept, his enemy came and so tests among his sons, and he went away. Hallelujah. Oh, maybe out of ignorance, maybe when you sleep, he by chance, you know, takes some things from you. Maybe he by chance, you know, deposits some things in you. Listen to me. You are awakening now. I decree. Because you are awakened, take it back in Jesus' name. Take it. I said, take it. Take it. In the name of risen Christ. Is it your health? Is it your health? It says, it was bruised for our transgressions. It was bruised. It was wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. As three of us five. Useless devil. Useless devil. Useless devil. Hallelujah. Let us move on. I want to also end this teaching, this script today completely. Number three, I said faith that acted in spite of any doubt. Faith that acted in spite of any doubt. Hallelujah. Now, let us move to number four. Number four, faith that God will somehow give them victory. We are talking of this. We are saying what sort of faith? Because the Bible says that faith got the wall of Jericho down. What sort of faith is that? Because we too want to bring every barricade, every obstruction, every obstacles. We want to bring them down, isn't it? So we are looking at a case study of Joshua and the problem that faced them. How do they confront it and pull it down? And we have the secret, isn't it? That is one of the secrets to pull down impossible situation. Faith. Now, number four, faith that God will do, will somehow give them victory. We get to it of this in the story. In that story in Joshua chapter 6 from verses 1 down, we got the hint that God actually assured them that somehow is going to give them victory. Number one hint is this. He has given them the city. I have said it before. I will heal you. That's the hint. Let us cross to the other side. That's the hint. Launch the net to the right. That's the hint. 
for a draw. I mean, he said for a draw. In other words, for a catch. That's the hint. It means that when you launch it, there will be a catch. Go to the ocean. Get a fish. And the first one you get, collect money from his mouth. That's the instruction. That's the instruction. Collect money. It's not your own to go and be sick. When you cut the fish, you now hold the fish and say, Eh? What is this man talking about now? (coughs) Fish. Is fish ATM machine? It's not your, it's none of your business now. He says, I will give you academic excellence. And he says, This is the plan. Make sure you read your book. I will lead you to places that you will read. How many of us know that thing works? I will lead you to a place that you will read. But I will give you academic excellence. That's the final word. And the plan is read. If he says, I will give you academic excellence. And you did not read as, you know, corresponding action to his word. Then you will have academic failure. It won't be his fault. It won't be that God did not do it. He did it, but because you refused to play your own role. You know what I said? That is what that is what will be the problem, and that is the problem most of us are facing. There is a part of man in the fulfillment of God's agenda for his life. There is a part of man in the fulfillment of God's plan and agenda for his life. He says to give you academic excellence. Eh? Immediately he said it. He has done it. But God will not, if you like, continue praying from now till you finish that exams. If you are not reading, eh, you will fail. I will make you reach. What is the corresponding action? Walk. What kind of walk? Because those are the things. When he told, he told Peter, he says, see Peter, I'm going to make you fisher of men. Huh? He told him, he says, in fishing for men lies your success in life. What is it that is asking you to do? Is that what you are doing? Are you hearing me? I, I love to use Pastor Adeboye as an example. Pastor Adeboye would have been the first 
youngest vice chancellor in Africa, the whole of Africa. That was his desire. That was aspiration. And it was, it was so much, uh, I'm using, I'm looking for this word now. Desperate about it. He was so much desperate about it. Are you hearing me? In pursuing it to be the youngest vice chancellor in the whole of Africa. Because I think at 25 he had PhD. Are you hearing me? But you will have become the vice chancellor. And God will say, of course, you will, you will hear in his name small, small. Because there are some vice chancellors of universities that you don't know their name. Maybe by chance you just come across. And God will have said, Guy, you did not fulfill purpose. Ah! Uh, he will stretch back and say, Ah! Uh, how come? I read, well read, educated. My dream was to become the first, first youngest vice chancellor in Africa. And I became it. And God will say, No. It's because you didn't listen to my instruction. I told you I will make you great. Because the word of the Lord had been coming through the mouth of his mother when he was young. His mother will pray for him and say, when you call one person, he said 200 will answer you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the, word, the prophecy had been coming through his mother on a daily basis while he was running around in the house when he was young. And there will be a great confirmation. Hello, it, you don't know the way how this thing works. So, and I will tell you. How it works is this. Do you think, if not for God's plan, if not for God's agenda, working and materializing in the life of a man, Brianka, how do you think that a PhD holder we walk into a church and see a stack illiterate preaching in Yoruba. A stack illiterate who does not attend any school, who does not have any educational uh, uh, background, and a PhD holder will sit down. What he want to teach him? And not that he will sit down in, because as at those, those years, there are beautiful houses, beautiful churches in Lagos in their own class. For this man enter into a wooden church. Into a church that is very small, built on a swampy ground and that they will use sawdust to fill the ground so that they can soak the water. That his students will be passing and see him carrying baskets of sawdust on his head. You don't get something. Meanwhile, God had told Pastor Reverend Akindayomi Josiah Akinayomi, who was the original founder of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, God had told him that, see, 
a man will join you, an educated man, to be of the same height with you. So the very first day he entered into that church, God said, he's the one. Can you see the way destiny aligned? Do you think if God had not told Pastor Deboye to, he will agree? There is this nudge in his own spirit too that, ah, this is what God wanted me to do. And this man forfeited academic career and pursued spiritual career. But today, you know what is, know the story. Listen to me. You are here today, not for accident. It's not by accident, rather. It's not by accident. It is an orchestrated divine plan, well arranged plan of God. It is, you are following the order of life. You are following the order of life. That is why you are here today. Are you following me? When I left a church, we call it RCCG Tree of Righteousness. Then it has not become a provincial headquarters, but it has potential of becoming a provincial headquarters. Because the way it was built, it has the potential. Amen. So it was it was a provincial headquarters, you know, in the making. In view. I left that church and I joined a church in a shop. Do you know that church? Son of mercy. In a shop. <laughs> and I left, I joined. Do you know what I'm saying? It is the order of life that is falling in place. It's not about, you know, on a good day, everybody would like to be in a mega place where it is happening. Amen. But because there is an arrangement of God, there is a divine plan and order of God for your life. You see yourself, you know, going and going, you won't even be able to explain. Because if anybody asks me to explain why I left that big church to that small church, I, don't, I can't explain. It was from that small church I became a minister, I became a pastor, and I was posted out. Which would not have been possible in that bigger church. Because it was not long that I left that the church became a pastor. And if you know the dream settings, if you are talking about provincial headquarters, you know what it means. The, the provincial pastors are like governors. They are like governors sitting under a lot of resources, a lot of parishes. Because a Headquarters we have a zona headquarters, a zona headquarters we have area headquarters, area headquarters we have parishes, and one area headquarters can have four, five, six parishes, and they can have up to like 15, 20 areas. You know, so they, they, they are sitting as governor over several people, over several resources. So I will leave. I will. I will. I reach the turn. I will. Or I will reach my turn there. See, I pray for you this morning, in the name of risen Christ, the order of God for your life. You will miss it. I say you will never miss it. In the name of Jesus Christ, Hallelujah, praise God. So we are talking about faith that will somehow give them victory. And we say that God in that Joshua chapter 6 verse 2, he says I have delivered Jericho into your hands 
along with his kings and his mighty men. Can you see? That was the instruction. We know that God will give them victory because he has given them his word. And his words are always reliable. Always dependable. Truth. His words are true. Somebody say the word of the Lord is true. Make it loud and clear. Say the word of the Lord is true. Hallelujah. So if you notice the way God put it, he said, I have delivered. Not the tense. Not the tense. I have delivered. Not I am going to deliver. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, in the real sense, the battle of the Israelites and Jericho was settled before it started. That impossible situation was settled before it started. God will not say a thing without settling it first in his mind. Before he says, let there be light, the light was already in existence. The light was already in existence. Are you hearing me? It was not the time when he said that light came. So God will not say anything that he has not completed. Listen to me. That plan of God for your life, it is a completed plan. I say it is a completed plan. Go and exploit it. Go and exploit it. In the name of Jesus, your inner man is rising up. Ah, you begin to see clearly. You see things the way they are truly. In the name of Jesus. You will not see men as three anymore. He says, what can you see? He said, I can that blind man. When did I open so he said, I can see men as three. Ah. He said, no. You are seeing dimly. This is not clear. So opportunity. You are seeing it like failure. That is error. You are in a place of plenty. And you are seeing scarcity. That is a tether. That is error. Error of the highest order. It does not make spiritual sense. It is an error orchestrated by the devil. It can't be my father that will do that. That will make you to see opportunity. And you cannot find it out. Ah, listen to me. Your eyes is becoming very bright. Bright to see opportunities. The way they are. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I should say the way it should be. The way it should be. Because you can be seen, you know, like this place we are now. You don't like the players. But can we begin to see the way it should be? Can we begin to visualize big auditorium? Can we begin to visualize AC everywhere? Can we begin to visualize when you say praise God? It's like you are in the studio. Can we begin to see lightning everywhere? Can we begin to see miracles happening? 
can begin to see men and women of great faith arising from THC. That is what you are seeing. I said your eyes is seeing things the way they should be. In the name of Jesus. Can you begin to see yourself as, as, as a captain of industry? I see things falling in pleasant places for you. Lines are beginning to align for you. If you believe this word, I want you to say a profound amen. Lines are connecting. Lines are connecting. There is an alignment in your life. In the name of Jesus. What you have not been seeing before. Go and begin to see it. Hey. Your eyes will see goodness. Your eyes will see possibility. Your eyes will see goodness. You be, go and begin to produce. Agenda and plan of God for your life. Produce it in the name of Jesus. I see you becoming what God calls you. God says you are blessed. That is who you are. Become what you are. God says you are rich. Become what you are. He said he became poor. So that by his poverty. You become rich. That is who you are. Become who you are. In the name of Jesus. Your original is manifesting. Your original is manifesting. You will not live another man's life. Go and live your own life. Go and live your own life. Go and fulfill destiny. Go and fulfill destiny. Go and fulfill purpose. Listen. Your eyes. Your inner eyes. Begin to see things the way they should be. Your eyes begin to see beauty. In the name of Jesus. Because if you are not 
careful reader, if you are not a very careful reader, you might not see God in the middle of that battle. But it was part of the plan. Are you hearing me? It was part of the plan. That, see, let God be at the front of the battle. Let God get the victory. And you take the position. Let God do the battle. And you do the position. That was what happened with the children of Israel. Children of Israel, this same children of Israel, they are the people of God. Just like the way we are the people of God today. When they were at the Red Sea and they were murmuring against God through Moses, Moses, you must be an higher killer. God hired you to come and kill in this ocean. Is it not better that you leave us in that slavery state in Egypt? Ah, at least we've been dying in Egypt and they are burying us. So, Beria Grand has not yet finished in Egypt. Who could leave us to die there and be buried there? And Moses looked at the face of God and said, God, listen to what this your people are saying. And God says, See, you are my people. And I have settled it in my mind that will deliver you. Can you see? When God is set, when God wants to do anything, he's, he first settled it in his mind. In his mind. So he said, I have settled it that will deliver you. So it doesn't matter what they say. Are you hearing me? That is the, that is what we call grace. We don't get that. That was his grace. And that is what the children of Israel enjoyed. And that is what we are That was what God was preaching to the people of Israel, but they didn't get it. Amen. He said the same God that was preached to us was preached to them. But it wasn't meant to preach in them. So it doesn't profit them. Can you see that? So the message of that day doesn't profit them because it was preached at every point in time in types and shows to them. But they were not embracing it with faith. Only a few of them, limited number of them, are and followed Abraham following it. Abraham was of faith and he lived by grace. David was of faith and he lived by grace. Hallelujah. Even Rahab was of faith and he lived by grace. Even that grace was extended to the family of Rahab. Are you aware? Rahab and his own family and everything within his household, they enjoyed the grace of God. So I pray in the name of Jesus, the grace that will be flowing on you will be extended to your household, to everyone around you. In the name of risen Christ. Hallelujah. I think somebody got that. Yes, grace. And God told Moses. Said Moses, because I have made up my mind and nothing can change it. To rescue you. Your bondage that looks impossible. This is my word. The word of the Lord that said to 
him forever. Receive it today. People of God, receive that word today. He says, this is my word. Tell the people of Israel that I will fight their battle. And they should, shall hold their peace. What he's saying is this. I will do the fighting. I am at the forefront. Let them be at the back. So as I am fighting, they are taking victory. You see that. As I am fighting, they are taking victory. See, the Lord is taking over your battles. You hold your peace. You have victory. I say you have victory in the name of Jesus. What is this? We're more than a conqueror. He said we are more than a conqueror. Romans chapter 8. Through him that loves us. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? What it means is that we are not fighting anymore. God has taken over your battles. Amen. And that's what it means to set the table before you. Even in the of your head is hallelujah. There is peace all around you. <laughs> Listen to me. David. Several battles. See the two battles. Thank you. The theologians and our may say 62 battles. I mean, you know. But listen, when it was the first Solomon, Solomon enjoyed grace. It was peace all around him. When Solomon, where Solomon is, they will bring his death. Where Solomon is, they will bring gifts. Where Solomon seated, you know, Queen of Sheba brought. You know, he was just enjoying the perfect decorum of God, tranquility of God. He was just enjoying ser- divine serenity. No battle, no war. And he lived as a king. He was prosperous. He was successful. Listen to me. The Lord fights your battle and grants you peace all around. Peace all around you. In the name of risen Christ. That is what I'm saying. And I'm saying it for my spirit man. That is my desire for you. That is my prayer for you. That was what uh, uh, in the book of Third John and verse 2. That was the prayer of John. It says, I wish. Was it? Yes, John. Yeah, I wish above all things. What he's saying is this. That wish there is the original word there is pray. Go and search it. It's pray. I pray above all things. That is, this is my prayer. This is my heart cry. This is my body. This is what I desire. This is my longing. That above all things, thou prosper in health. Even as thy soul prospers. Hallelujah. That is a man that is compassionate. A man of that has the heart. His people in his heart. They have the, 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 the comfort. The, the peace of his people in his heart. And he prayed from his heart. I prayed. So it is my prayer for you. I sincerely pray. It. I enter into the place of my calling. And I pray it every member of GSC, 
henceforth you are more than a conqueror. The Lord will fight your battles and you hold your peace. You hold your peace in the name of risen Christ. Blessed be to the name of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Joshua chapter 6 and 4. Don't worry. After this message, you will not stand up from there. Please. Joshua chapter 6 and 4. I want to show you God in the midst of that battle. Because if you are not a careful reader, you will miss out that God was in the midst of that battle. Fighting for his people. Because he has assured them that I'm going to give you victory. Or I have given you Jericho rather. And because God has said it, it is already settled. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 4. Listen. It says, and seven priests shall be as seven. That is the instruction. And seven priests shall be as seven trumpets of rams, horns before the heart. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow trumpets. Praise God. Verse 5 says, It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram. Rams on, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every praise God. Okay, look at let us go to verse 6. Verse 6 now. That's where I'm going to go. Verse 6 says, Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant. And let the priest bear seven trumpets of rams on before the ark of the Lord. Don't forget that the ark of the covenant in the Old Testament identified the presence of God. So the seven priests were carrying the ark. They were, they were with the ark. So the ark was at the front and the people were at the back. So what it means is that God took over the battle because he has given them his word. And, it, and the word of the Lord will not return back to him void. When it is said that it must accomplish the purpose for which it has been said. Hallelujah. And God stood in the midst of the battle. And he was doing, doing the battle on the behalf. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me jump now. Time will not permit us anymore. The last one. The last one. I will summarize it. Then we go. The last one. Faith. That express itself in persevering obedience. Faith that express itself in persevering obedience. You see, faith and obedience are working together. What I say, faith and obedience work together. Obedience to God's plan and instruction. Now, question: Why did God have the people march around the city for six days? And then seven times on the seventh day. Why? That's the question. Why? Why did God ask them to do that? Can somebody give me a response quickly? Thank you, sir. 
God wants to see the obedience. So, when God is giving you an instruction, that instruction will not align or your human mind and understanding will not be able to grab it. Because it says that he make the foolish things of this world to confound or to render the wise ashamed. To put the wise, those people that think that, you know, that the scribes and the Pharisees, he says, when they see foolish things, I'm like, this. Are you telling me? How can you tell me that this small boy that was born by Mary is our Messiah? How can you tell me that somebody died three days and resurrected by himself? Stop this hogwash. Stop this nonsense. So, the wise who are not spiritual, he's talking it's relationship between the spiritual mind and the natural mind. Are you hearing me now? The spiritual mind and the natural mind. So, anytime you are dealing with God, Hello, you better put on your spiritual cap and let your spiritual man be awakened. If he says dance without beat, begin to dance. Ah, don't be too big before him. Don't be too big before him. Hello, the people that receive from God the most are the people that are humble, like baby in his hand. They're saying, I don't know nothing. Whatever you ask me to do is what I do. If you ask me to dance, I dance. If you ask me to jump, I jump. If you ask me to sit, I sit. Not people that are going to be. Not people that are looking at what men will see. What will men see? If they see a whole me. No? Carry, God says, go and be doing morning cry. Or go and stay at the best junction and begin to preach the gospel. Says your victory lies in it. And say, a whole me. Standing at a junction. Now, hello, who are you that is bigger than God and his plan for your life? God is testing your obedience. I said, because I was there and I was praying, I was here alone, I was telling God, I said, God, what I'm seeing with what is happening, humanly viewing is retrogression. As far as I'm concerned, humanly viewing, how can you bring us from that kind of place into this place? Can't you see that your people are not happy about it? It was a conversation anyway, because he was the one that told me that come, we should reason together. Reason together means that it is father-son relationship. So there is a way you relate with your father. And I said, well, that is my own view, you know. I don't know what you are saying. So when God will say his own, he said, obey me. I'm teaching you obedience. So I'm teaching you obedience. So faith without obedience will not take you anywhere. 
And God's instructions are always foolish to human understanding. If it is not foolish, it is not God. My ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are distinct from your own. He now give us description. He give us the extent. He now use heaven and heart as a measure. Heaven and heart as the measure. As the standard. He said that is the, that is, in fact, it's more than that too. But the, the, what it can use that our mind can comprehend. Even is this speaking to our mind though, at that point. That our mind can comprehend. Because if we want to really speak eh, that to our spirit man, and because, you know, he will speak, he will tell us that, you know, when he was, when he was describing in Ephesians chapter 3, when he was describing the love of Christ, he said, the width, the length, the width, and the depth. In our, in our conclude and say, it is unsearchable. Our mind cannot comprehend it. Because is infinity in infinity. Divinity in divinity. His height is immeasurable. His depth is immeasurable. Length and breadth immeasurable. Is no end. So, does not have end. How will your mind fathom it? Huh? Huh? Eternity in eternity. Infinite God. Hallelujah. So, he just used that word. Say, well, let me just give you what you can comprehend. As heaven is right away from the heart. So, are my thoughts. We are reason. Listen. God will open your mind to have a use of his thoughts in Jesus' name. The greatest achiever in any field of life eh? just have an exposure to a glimpse of God's thought, am I sorry? To a glimpse, glimpse. So a glimpse of his mind is enough to turn out to turn the whole world upside down. Glimpse. Lord, expose me to the glimpse of your thoughts. Expose me to the glimpse to be happy for the glimpse. Be acting for the glimpse. Any human being on earth that have displayed the power of God only display the glimpse. Just an iota, just very small portion, very minute, like seed of a mustard. And when we discover our faith, he said, like a mustard seed. Like a seed of, that is what? Greatest miracle you have ever seen. So the more you seek him, the more you have him. Hallelujah. 
Let me round up this message here. A lot to still discuss about it, but let's round it up. And I don't want to come back to it. If you need more or completion of this message, you can meet me one on one. We have fellowship. I like the fellowship. We can just fellowship on it. You know, if you need fellowship, please come to me. Let's fellowship. I love fellowshipping. Come fellowship. Yes, let us discuss the word of God. Hallelujah. That is what I'm born for. And that's what I live for. And I'm not complaining of doing it. Hallelujah. In plenty, in nothing. That was what Brother Paul said. He said, I have learned to abound and to abyss. <laughs> what he's saying is that, well, when I have enough, ah, glory to God. And when there is nothing, glory to God. But for this kingdom work, <laughs> let's continue. He says, he says, I preach the gospel. Brother Paul, he said, I have nothing to gain. For necessity is laid upon me. He said, woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. So, what he's saying is that I'm not preaching up for material gain. I'm not put, I'm, it's his necessity. Because, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. He said, for the Jew first and unto the Gentiles. Are you getting what I'm saying now? He's not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, woe unto me. If I didn't preach the gospel, in need, in plenty, I am committed to preach the gospel. That is my life. That is my destiny. To bless life and transform lives and destiny. That is what I live for. And that is what I'm saying concerning myself. So I preach the gospel in season and off season. I don't care about what the devil is doing concerning me. Because I know that in the gospel lies the power of God unto salvation. Lies the power of God unto healing. Lies the power of God unto deliverance. Lies the power of God unto prosperity. Unto anything that our mind can think of. So, as you are listening to this word of truth today, I pray that your mind get liberated. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet.